You're listening to 17 Karat K-Pop. For more about this show, as well as my other podcast, How to Stand, visit 17karatkpop.weebly.com. There you'll find episode guides, as well as additional reading, more exclusive content, tons of great stuff. And never miss an update, an album review, interview, etc. by subscribing to the free newsletter, howtostand.substack.com. You could also become a paying subscriber on Substack, and that means you're supporting an independent creator and become part of a community, howtostand.substack.com. Enjoy the show! Hey guys, welcome back to 17 Karat K-Pop. Really, really excited, really, really honored to say that I got invited to Stray Kids' press-only press conference for their new album, Ordinary. Truly, it feels like a milestone for this show and for me as a fan. So personally, and also thanks to you guys, we did it. (laughs) We made it in this moment. Feeling really good about it. Very excited. So please go check that out to support Stray Kids, as well as me and my future opportunities, hopefully. Hopefully, this is just the beginning. I want to continue to uplift and write coverage for all sorts of artists who I think deserve the world of publicity. Enough jibber-jabbering about it. You can read for yourself my press conference coverage, which I roped in with my ordinary album review, as well as just a general. It's a supplement to what I talk about today. You'll see. So you can see that at two places, howtostand.substack.com. You can also check it out at 17karatkpop.weebly.com. In the drop-down menu, you can go to the interview tab, and at the top of that page, which features all of my interviews and press conference coverage, Stray Kids is at the very top, big and bold now. So, so excited to be able to do that. So please go support. All right, now I'm really done jibber-jabbering about this. So much has happened since our last Stray Kids dedicated conversation. So it's time for a new Stray Kids dedicated episode. I want to run through just some of the many ways Stray Kids have really just blown up since the last episode dedicated to them. Then I will dive into the developments in terms of the music and the actual music video universe. But first, just a few quick reminders. Hyunjin was part of the Mama's opening ceremony. Stray Kids also had some super dope performances for that show. Cool formations, cool routines. They also won Best Male Group there, Best Dance for Thunderous, and entered the Worldwide Fans Choice Top 10. Also, in a 2021 report, Spotify confirmed they got 4th place on the list of K-pop artists streamed globally. They also won at the Seoul Music Awards, Asian Artist Awards, Gown Chart Music Awards, Golden Disc Awards, Fact Music Awards. They made their Late Show debut just the other day on Colbert. They won Kingdom with over a million votes. They got a new pop-up store for their little cute animated alter egos. They had a cute chocolate factory-themed fan meeting. They participated in more virtual KCON. Lino became a Music Core MC. Soon Min was an interim radio DJ. They collaborated with Sky High. Han has dropped some solo music. They had the Christmas music. Ayan's Makne on top. Some other unit songs, Drive, Up All Night. And they've broken a personal pre-order record because Audinary topped 1.3 million stock pre-orders. And I'm so happy for them. If you want, you can get up to speed on the Stray Kids music video universe through the episodes called I Repeat, Stay Tuned, and Here to Stay. 
But frankly, I feel like today's episode is the TLDR, or TLDW, I guess, too long didn't watch, of their music video universe. This condensed guide today will hopefully be comprehensive enough you don't have to go back. Just being honest. Stray Kids' music video universe story starts with Elevator. Well, some other songs as well, but I'm just going to breeze through and talk about the videos most relevant to the new era, to Audinary. Elevator is definitely one of those, full of lyrics about feeling alone, this dark tunnel state of mind, describing life as being at rock bottom's cliff, trying to deal with the day alone, days feel heavier to walk through as a result, feeling like you're stuck in a maze, loss of direction in life, struggling references to not having a map, like no direction in life. And of course, the song title, Elevator, baked in symbolism. They feel like they're on an elevator to hell. In the video, they do actually end up taking an elevator somewhere where it looks like they're having fun, but it's in each other's company. When they're alone, in other music videos, you can tell they're not performing their best. That togetherness, you can tell, is kind of key to the story. It's one of their superpowers, when they're together stronger. But being together should not require being identical, which is the lesson of District 9. That's when they wear identical uniforms, they're in this prison-type asylum of sorts, each handed an identical pill to take, each treated identically. All forms of individuality are not there. But then, they break out of the facility, past this wall that's all gray except for a red rose on it, keep that in mind for later, then they take this school bus, they basically steal the bus, and it rams through glass, through into the other side of the looking glass into a different alternate world, where they leave their mark with a new flag they spray paint their own logo on. They've created their own district now, where they can be themselves. A notable b-side from that same album as District 9, Mirror, which compares this sense of feeling alien in your own body growing up, looking in a mirror feeling like, who am I, who is this? Looking in a mirror is compared to this maze, an intense labyrinth, suffocating when you're alone in it. And not only alone, but alone with yourself. So it feels like you are alone, but with a stranger, which might be even worse. Lyrics are very summative here about that point, like, caged in my own confusion. And in the reflection, I'm a maze. But again, togetherness becomes their strength. In songs like Grow Up, with lyrics like, If it gets too hard, I'll run with you. Don't worry. The next era was for the I Am Who album with songs like Voices and Question that definitely are about that adolescent, that young adult angst, that wondering who you are and trying to figure it out. And then the title track, My Pace, was all about that too, about unburdening yourself from feeling obligated to know the answers and to know who you are, or to let other people just say, here's the map, here's your direction for life. See, that period of confusion's over. Don't you feel better? You don't have to be on anyone else's timetable. My favorite lyric from that is, Such comparison is meaningless. Themes throughout I Am Not and I Am Who are both brought back into the picture for I Am You, like the song I Am You about Let Me Run With You. Let's stick together, get through these struggles by leaning on each other, and then get cool about just enjoying living in the moment, making the most of youth. The I Am trilogy was Stray Kids' way of laying this foundation for their message and figuring out who they are, that time to explore, and then find a way to break into the other parallel world. Now that they figured out how to do that and have started touching on themes recurringly, the passage of time, being stronger together, 
etc., etc. Now starts their new series with Miro, which means mirror in French, fittingly, because now they figured out who they are and what skills they can bring to the table as a team and individually. And they've entered the new world. Now they can change that world. Now they can take over and make this world in their image, I guess. So the mirror video shows them cinematically. It's my favorite video there's actually. And probably their best song of all time, frankly. But Miro is just this energizing anthem with a music video where they take over the city and take it back from these corrupt, wealthy, annoying elites. They continue to have doubts and insecurities about this mission. In Chronosaurus, they're saying, the voices disregard my dream, run so time doesn't see me. That's what Chronosaurus, the song, is named after, like a time monster chasing them. And then 19 is their reflection on how fast time moved. It was way too fast. They want to go back. They used to really want to grow up fast. Now they're like, no, 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 I take it back. The responsibilities of creating this new world have been daunting. This whole creation of a parallel world, by the way, I think is kind of an allegory for entering your own in the real world. It feels like you're leaving this nest of your parents' life and you're trying to make your own way in the world. To me, it's all allegorical. They continue to be so frustrated, though, on side effects, where they sing about feeling out of control. And in TMT, on that same album, they talk about feeling like there's a clear black and white contrast between opportunities and failure, and they don't have a gray area. They cannot fail, and they must succeed at all levels. They also were walking around without a map still, and they reference just following the stars instead to carry on. Double Knot actually shows this new sense of confidence, though, where they say, my decision, my life, go brace yourself, and this willingness to follow a, quote, broken compass. The Levantar album era both continued those themes about just being adventurous, drawing your own map along the way, references to that in the lyrics, but it also touched back on some symbols from earlier, like the school bus. The bus is now glitching, as is Felix. Keep that in mind. And Hyunjin notices this techno ball of sorts. That's an astronaut. Then in Levantar, the ball of light is with Felix. This is the video where two moons converge, the dark and light one. So with this ball of light, it seems like they triggered something. that put the parallel and other world together. The next album, Go Live, or Go Live, meant to mean both. The album opens up with the words, quote, you don't have to go fast, you don't have to go slow. My tempo in time is more expensive than gold. Moving away from broader themes to talk about symbol-specific things to remember, let's talk about the album In Life. The Be Me video shows Felix is the one with a camera in inspecting film. Felix, Hyunjin, and Lino are the three members who stare down security guards in the track video for In. The screen is just blipping, and after each blip, a different member is seen staring down a security guard. It's Hyunjin, then Hyunjin, Felix, and Lino. Then everyone else joins in. In the backdoor opening video, as it was called, this doorway floats in front of them, surrounded by smoke. They throw this gold puzzle piece in the air, and then other puzzle pieces are like magnetized, pulled towards it, and this emblem forms out of the puzzle pieces. That emblem then, once whole, is thrown towards the door and causes it to burst open, revealing a bright light on the other side. 
And it reminds me of that moment of light and dark moon convergence because it's a bright light in the door that was surrounded by black smoke. In the official back door video, Lino seems to be the one to pay attention to, and one reason is passing through a red lit room, room lit up red, that has pictures of roses. Remember when I said remember the roses from way back in District 9? The No Easy era, meant to be kind of a, a pun, no easy but also sounds like noisy, No Easy is an album where in a teaser for it there was this neon sign, dreams come true to those who truly want them. Put a pin in that. To recap, the last time we spoke about Stray Kids, I believe was during the in-life era, and I left off saying, remember these things. I said keep in mind the parallel worlds, another theory slash thing to keep in mind based on my read of their music video world, them dealing with the concept of time, as well as this visual representation of embracing dark and light sides of themselves. I said key symbols to keep an eye on, or when you see red or green lights. And actually in the any video, I forgot to mention this before, the red glow is replaced with green light. Red from past videos, now green. Notable. Doorways and roses are other key symbols. And the camera that Felix was holding earlier, and then of course that big fireball of sorts, the school bus, anything that glitches in and out, like it's just part of a simulated environment, all that is key. And lastly, I said three big characters. Hyunjin, Felix, and Lino. Let's talk about the Ordinary comeback trailer now and see how my theories slash predictions panned out. The main trailer starts with Felix. He gets into this crowded bus, and on the bus he plays around with this silver ring in his hand and a padlock. Felix gets off the bus, and he enters this store that has a neon sign in the window. This one's saying Ordinary. The lights go out except for the back room with a table lamp. That's where Felix goes to conference with Bainchan. Felix then travels from room to room and spends the video conferencing with people, looking at a wall of photographs. He sees people one-on-one, -on -one, fellow band members. He's faced with a black birthday cake, like black icing-coated cake with a baby picture on it clear visual metaphor there. Happy birthday, but it also feels like this dark reminder that you're no longer a kid. Han at one point seems to inject something into his eyes. Not sure what's going on there. Ian does this sorcery, I guess, where his picture is in a missing person ad in the newspaper. But suddenly, after a confrontation where he gets up in Felix's face, the next time the camera pans to the paper, where Ian's picture was, is replaced and Felix's picture is in its place. Like a weird threat pulled off without even touching him. It seems like a theme in this trailer slash for this comeback overall, not being fully able to sever your past. So you have to own up to what you've done, or if you have run away, I guess. Because I noticed on that newspaper, there's a separate headline on the same page titled, The Documents I Thought Were Left Behind. Felix's next confrontations are with Hyunjin and Lino. Hyunjin is perched on this ledge like this evil villain, and he's holding an apple, often a representation of temptation, vices, the dark side, I guess. Hyunjin is the clear villain character here. And Lino has a prominent scene, too, where he actually almost totally knocked out Felix, because he's playing golf with these crushed up soda cans. Yeah, I don't know. 
and they keep hitting the wall, and one just missed Felix's face as Felix was walking alongside that wall. The next oddity in this house of horrors of sorts is this room full of flashing lights. It's like a narrow hallway. It's dark and empty except for the flashing lights in Changbin, his area in this red lighting filled phone booth area. But Chambin's image disappears behind the walls that converge in front of him as we see him holding a cardboard sign that says free hug on it. That I honestly have not really been able to determine the deeper meaning of yet, but it seems notable and maybe it will resurface eventually. Felix is then in this elevator of sorts. Remember Elevator where this all started and how they thought they had moved beyond that? But now villain Hyunjin is here and it looks like that wasn't the case. After a close-up of a hand unlocking this key padlock, Hyunjin pushes Felix out the window, and there's this big, dramatic, cinematic scene, glasses breaking, not just the wall, but also the padlock. Looks like it broke into shards. It's interesting that the members assemble, and at the end, when they're all in the same room instead of spread out, they just look like normal young men, except for Felix's eyes, which glow green which made me think about that eye injection from earlier. Something is supernatural here, but the point is that Hyunjin and any of them really were in a villainous, intimidating, harsh character role when alone. Their inner villains came out when they were on their own, and that's no accident. Part of the message, I think. So once again, main characters, Felix, Hyunjin, and Lino, two of whom had hands on the, the fireball of sorts that triggered all this action. So I think their main protagonist or antagonist roles will continue. The fact that the red lights seem to be replaced with green lights in any made it feel like at this point in the story we're done with that theme. But again, now they're back to being red in this trailer video. So the problems remain even when at first it was like, took care of that? Not really. And the bus is back. I could go on and on about symbols that are back. It's ultimately about how much they want to change their world and turn it into a new world and reconciling that vision with the reality of the conditions and what clearly they have to understand isn't going away. The main themes that continue throughout their work are throughout this new album. So these themes, I think you will get the parallels to the past releases I talked about today. So here are some of my favorite lyrics from the songs on their new album, Ordinary. First, let's talk about the lyrics that reference the passage of time, growing up. In Venom, a raging hurricane. Why are you in such a hurry? I'm wrapped up in front of you. I can't run away. Where would I even go? The more I move, the more trapped I get. Your appearance is the trap. In Freeze, there's no time to wait for this huge iceberg to melt. It's blocking my way, so just break it. Even if I slip and slide on this cold slab of ice, I'll just shake it off my shoulders and stand back up. In waiting for us, I'm running in the blocked time. It blooms. I missed meeting you, feeling alive. The day the petals will fall, I'll be waiting for you. They also continued the theme in their lyrics about togetherness, friendship, leaning on each other, and just in general, the opposite. The loneliness that comes when you have lack thereof. They say in Lonely Street, I feel like I'll faint from exhaustion. I don't think I can go further. Don't come to comfort me now. But then in waiting for us, almost like a direct response, they say, reach out so I can hold your hand. As much as you waited, I'll never let you go. Let's take a moment to appreciate the progression about this map. 
In Hellevator, they said, what I've been through is a maze. I never want to go back in. So they don't even want to address trying to go down any path the map led them to. Block it all out. They also address having no map, both in Hellevator and TMT. But in Double Knot, they say they're willing to follow a broken compass. And on Astronaut, they sing, draw a map as I want. I don't need it anyway. So now they've progressed to saying, actually, we do want to try to follow this map, but we may not even need the map to support our journey and help guide us. We can guide ourselves, map our own future. In Venom, a brand new song, they say, I got caught again pretending not to know my way. They talk about getting trapped then and stuck in a spider web, but the point is now they're saying they went from saying they don't need a map now to saying they never needed it. And now they're like, it's almost like I was kidding myself earlier. Like I just couldn't admit to myself because it was scary. You can do this. You can do this and you should go through with this. But now they own that. And they show that self-awareness on Lonely Street as well in a funny way where they say, I'm lonely, but I'm the lone king. Lone king is in the only king, but also alone. And they're not just going to carve a path. They say they will pull out a sword to draw my own true path. They also continue the lyric trend about lyrics about embracing your quirks, being your really goofy, unapologetically weird, unique self. In Maniac, some of my favorite lines are, Relax everyone, stop pretending to be normal. When the lock is released, we're all the same seems to reference that padlock symbol. When the lock got broken, now we realize, well, I guess we were all just human and have more in common than you think, which is a nice full circle moment to the I am you era. And after all, in this new era, Bang Chan said in the press conference, they named it ordinary because we all have odd in us and that makes it ordinary. Ironically, what makes people similar is the fact that we are all so different. No one is immune from being weird in their own ways. In realizing how much we're like each other should give us the encouragement we need and the push we need to realize we can be stronger when we work together with others. That camaraderie is key. So all the themes they talk about really tie together nicely. Anyway, back to the Maniac lyrics. They sing, back to cosplaying as what society defines normal to be. They also say, locked up while wrapped in that pretty package. As time goes by, it'll eventually be revealed, the inner self that was hidden. My favorite confident lyrics on the new song Charmer. Shoulders held high like Mount Everest. No chance of falling down. Even if I try not to stand out, I stand out. My favorite lyrics from Freeze are, You can't get anything done focusing on what others think. And let others worry about the rules. And my favorite lyrics in Muddy Water are I suffer from the words you throw at me, but it makes me tougher. Looking back at what you said behind my back doesn't matter because I'm a winner. If I tie a double knot tightly and proudly when I walk, the things in front of me are far behind me. I love the double knot reference. feel like that was intentional in the lyrics. And lastly, they continue to have the best ad-libs. Love that continuity too. It's not all deep. Pew, pew, pew in Venom and ping, ping in Maniac and what's up, what's up in Charmer. My full rundown sonically of this album, I'll let you read again for yourself on my site and Substack, howtostand.substack.com. For now, I'll just say about it, it's really wonderful. 
It's really action-packed, suspenseful. One song goes into the next, like, no time at all, instantaneous transitions. And the intro is perfect. Picking Venom is the intro, where the rapping goes off, plus then the sirens are added, just to make it so suspenseful. Like, you know you're in for a big show. They also just continue to mix so many fun breaks in music for the bird chirping, for someone to yell freeze. The tempo of their work is always unpredictable and feels like improv. They're just very artsy, and their musicianship is really just so one-of-a-kind, and this album really solidifies that. Even their more quote-unquote generic songs, for lack of a better term, do have just a straight kid's personalization to them. Like, Lonely Street is kind of rock balladish, but also just very classically stray kids. Love the percussion in the intro of that one. It actually kind of sounds like a Han solo track. I wouldn't mind a Han version of it. The album ends with Muddy Water, and I love that. I love how they could have ended with the lowered tempo, cool down period of waiting for us. They chose to go out with another just super quirky, faster paced bop that is Muddy Water. Felix's rapping is everything in that. The funky piano. It is just so much fun. They made sure to end on a high note. Something I also touch on in that Substack piece is how it's really cool how they find ways to write about coming into their own as individuals and working together. But even at a bigger level, at an institutional level, they have their own critiques, social commentary, etc. Most prominent towards the very end, in Muddy Water, when they sing, I'll change all the standards of the world. And everyone's too good at avoiding the blame at the high level. Really interesting Compelling storytelling as always, so please go check it out in and my recap of it. Congrats, Stray Kids. So glad you're getting all the success. Very well deserved. I hope this helped you better appreciate their whole discography and how their eras are very related to each other, as well as just help you gain appreciation for Stray Kids' form of storytelling and encourage you to check out the new music. Dissect it in your own ways. This is just my theory about the bigger meaning of their work. Feel free to let me know on social media if you have a different take on what certain symbols mean, the character roles they play, where the story goes from here, etc. Feel free to share. I'm open to being persuaded here. And I honestly don't know for sure where it goes next, although I insist the main themes, main symbols, and main character roles will continue, but just continue evolving in highly unpredictable ways. That's all I'll say. I'll leave you to interpret the rest for yourself. I do have one more Fade to Blackpink coming out before the saga ends. I have a lot of headlines coming your way this week. Lots coming up for the show, so stick around. Thank you all again for listening, and I'll talk to you all very soon. Bye, everyone.